Hello and welcome to another episode of Ran. We booked it. Today we are talking about Scott Westerfeld. Uh, because <laughs> we've both read two different series by him. I read one series, Morgan read another, mm-hmm. and I think we had very different experiences. <laughs> I think those books, are, the series we read, are complete, are two very different experiences to read. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. But before we get too farther into this, make sure to head to Instagram for our Instagram, which is at WeBookedIt, for updates about podcasts, because sometimes things happen. Uh, we don't uh, post an episode, so we've got book reviews, thoughts on when we, like, what we're reading, when we're reading, book hauls, just fun book-related content. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, would you like to start us off, or shall I? I think you should, because you were the one who read Scott Westfield first. You read him way back when. Yeah. Way back when. <laughs> All right. So, I've actually read... His, so I read his Uglies series, which I don't know if he's more well-known for that or what, but um, so that's like a dystopian set in the early 2000s, and that's really what I'm going to focus on. But I also wanted to mention that I read his book Afterworlds, which was published like, I want to say 2015. It's a standalone, two stories in one, where like... One half of the book is about, like, this teen author who gets a book deal and just her experience with struggling to write the sequel while also making it in New York City. And then the other part is the story that she wrote to get published. So, like, what did she write that convinced the publishers to make her book a real thing? And I actually really enjoyed that book. Um... But I'm not really going to focus on that today. Today is all about uglies. That sounds really <laughs> negative and mean. It really does. Uh, but here's here's the premise, if you don't know anything about uglies. Uh, this So, like, 300 years into the future, the government provides everything for people. And this includes plastic surgery. Uh, so everyone on their 16th birthday receives the pretty operation, which transforms them into society's standard of beautiful. After the operation, new pretties cross the river that divides the city and lead a new life with no responsibilities or obligations. And then after that, there are two other operations as you age. And then, so, like, you transform from a pretty into a middle pretty, so someone with a job. You're just in your middle age, basically. And then another one that transforms you from a middle pretty into what they call a crumbly. (laughs) What the heck is this society? It's insane. I can't believe I read this. My biggest thing, my biggest thing is, like... Pretty is something that, you know, a society and an individual uh, on a more, uh, on a smaller scale decide. And so it's like, what happens if someone, like, gets 
of surgery to be pretty, but then the next year it's not considered pretty anymore. What would happen with that? Because that's what happens in real life. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it, it, so it, it also seems like not only is this a really superficial society, but it's like stagnated a bit and that it doesn't progress with its thinking as much almost. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it ain't great, also, honestly. No responsibilities or obligations? Yeah. <laughs> How did you manage that? How did you manage that? Really, what it is, is, like, they just party. And it's, it is very interesting. But How do you uh, manage that, though? Y- you don't. There are things like... to do. <laughs> I know, right? That's crazy. Well, I guess if the if the government is taking care of everything, but then again, the like can't, can't be is, America. Then. Who is the can't government? be America? <laughs> Couldn't be. Couldn't be Couldn't America. Be. Honestly, all right. So there are four books in this series. The first one is Uglies, and then we have Pretties, Specials, and then Extras, and this fourth book um doesn't even center around the main character of the first three and it's kind of like you know it is about yeah it's a big shift and it's honestly like as i read it i was like i don't like her oh i I feel that i feel that though there are characters that are introduced (laughs) and you have to read for their pov and you're like i didn't want i didn't ask for this right it's just <sighs> anyways so the first three books focus on this girl Tally Youngblood and um it is like just a little while before her 16th birthday um and she basically thinks and talks obsessively about the surgery that she's about to go through to turn herself into a pretty. How bad must um, that be? Do they think they're ugly up until then? Then, Yes, absolutely. That's so... so... Do their parents tell them that? You're ugly, but one day you'll get a surgery. You'll be so pretty. Or even just not telling your kid, oh, you're ugly. Just saying, one day you're going to get a surgery that's going to make you so pretty. You must inflict on them that they're ugly. That sounds terrible. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I'm hung uh, up on, like, the logistics. I know. I know. So, part of it is, like, so, from, like, from when they're young to when they're preteen, they actually live with their parents, they attend elementary school, and then when they turn 12, they are what is, they become an ugly. So, basically, Whoa. ugly is puberty. At 12, you're telling 12-year-olds this? That's so horrible. Also, 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 why? People are dumb. Because if you're getting a surgery that's an acquired trait, acquired traits do not pass on to offspring. So their kids are going to have, like, the pretty features because the pretty features aren't inherently in them. Yeah, you would think, like, they would try to make it more sustainable, but no. All right, so I mean, I guess it's turn... more ethical than eugenics, but <laughs> it's true. 
Honestly, I feel like Scott Westerfeld would have opened a real can of worms if he said, and then we bred <laughs> to make sure that only pretty people survive. <laughs> That's no. a different book. That would be ugly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, so sorry. But... And then we bred. <laughs> it's kind of true, though. Oh my gosh. That's the only way I can think about it because it doesn't feel real. <laughs> We're getting sidetracked. Anyways. Anyways. Um. Alright, so you turn 12 and that's when you, you're considered ugly because you're going through puberty. Man, that's just rude. <laughs> I so bet you harsh. though every guy has never experienced thinking they're ugly at 12, but every girl has. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so yeah. So once you're considered an ugly, you're actually moved away from your family and into like almost like a boarding school or like a dorm. Are they trying it... to make everyone depressed? Yes. Are they trying? You're ugly. The town you don't is... deserve to be with your family who's raised it you is... and who you love. Yes. And it's literally called Uglyville. <gasps> Man, he, Scott Westerfield said, you know what? Society's image of beauty is really messed up, and he leaned into that hard. He really did. He committed. He really said, you will not miss the point. No. He, he, he did a thing. <laughs> I almost said he did well, but he did a thing. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they are sent to Uglyville. And they go to like middle school and high school, and they're Man, actually. Man, those are the worst times to be depressed. I know. Especially and... middle school. Yeah, it's it's not great. So the uglies are actually encouraged to call each other nicknames based on their personal imperfections, and some of the examples are fatty, skinny, and zits, which. In and of itself, as I reflect on this, I'm like, oh my god, why? <laughs> why? This is just like a hor like a horrible high school experience. He said you would not miss the point. No, he really, like, he said, am I hitting it hard enough on the nose yet? <laughs> Have I driven the nail into the wood yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, and also, um, they're encouraged to use, like, this software to, like, basi basically design what you think you would look like if you were pretty. And, like, it's it's almost like, like, you know, as a young kid, like, you would play, like, Barbie games and you'd, like, dress up. Yes. Your character or whatever. It's It's like that, but you can design your own face. Wow. Yeah. And I Cuz that's not something you yeah. would regret doing as a child and then having to stay no. with that face. No. You wouldn't. And like Tally consistently throughout the book, like before her surgery, 
would she would go and use this software to see like oh what would i look like with like like i think one of the trends was like cat-like features and it's like what would i look like with like cat eyes and what would i look like like this and it's and it's just so do they actually get to like design their future self or like no it's just no fun uh yeah, it's just for I was fun. like, but if they did, they could highlight different features that they actually liked. Like, what if someone was like, oh, I like this kind of nose? Right. I think that... <laughs> I don't know if I should say that's cool. But, I mean, uh, that would be more, like, real world, where you're like, I like this feature about myself, let me enhance it. So I mean, it, it, it would be a way to, like, insert, like variety back into society instead of making them all look the same because that's the <laughs> standard of you know beauty for real for real um are there different beauty standards for different kinds of people sorry i'm asking myself a rabbit hole of questions you don't need to be you don't need to worry about okay because I, I, like, I just I was like no the question <laughs> the answer to that <laughs> i was like no but like would there like, would redheads have, like, a different procedure they go through because there's a different standard of beauty for redheads versus, like, people with other kinds of hair? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, would ethnicities, like, you know, oh, you're this ethnicity, so you should, like, look like this because this is that kind of beauty for that ethnicity. I'm taking it too far, but I'm just asking questions. It's a good point, though. I don't I'm trying to bring variety back into this, okay? I'm trying yeah, to... Yeah, for real. Alright. So, yeah, like, the software and, like, calling each other the mean nicknames, that's supposed to, like, build your antici- anticipation toward, like, turning 16 and becoming pretty. Um, build your own depression is... for later in life Woo-hoo! that will haunt you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Do you think people think their children are ugly? (laughs) I'm sorry, I just... Do parents think their children are ugly in this book? I don't remember. Because this throws you into it where she's almost 16. So, like, Mm -hmm. you don't see her family. You don't... And I don't... I don't think you ever get to know her family. I'm just like, what if, what if parents, because of how they're raised and stuff like that, they have babies and they think, oh, at least my baby will be pretty someday, if not now. Oh my like, god. That would be so heartbreaking. That's so mean. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I what if families, act, like, actually, what if families are sad to send their children off because they're like, but I think they look pretty. Aww. One, one would hope. That was not the case for Tally, though. She got sent off. Well, aren't they forced <laughs> to be sent off to Uglyville? Yeah, no, they are. But even then. So we can hope for some good parents. Just not Tally, yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so... As they're growing up in this dorm, so they're actually being monitored... And it's to see, like, who's capable of, like, sneaking out and, like, trying to sneak into the pretty town and kind of determine, like, 
what they will be later in life. So if they're capable, um, so like to help them decide what they'll be capable of after their surgery. So like, well, could they be a surgeon or a fighter fighter or what's called a special, which I'll get into in a little bit. And then, um, so you turn 16, you undergo what's called your operation to make you perfectly beautiful and healthy. And they, part of the surgery is like, they overhaul your entire body basically. And this includes what are called putting lesions on the brain, which makes you compliant and less likely to cause conflict. And it's, there's also a quote that says, the lesions tend to dumb them up. <laughs> so like, not only are you pretty, you're dumb too. The cringe. I'm sorry. I'm just getting lobotomy vibes. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Ugh. So you become this, what's called a new pretty. And you're moved into new pretty town. You don't have to work. The only thing you're meant to do is have fun and maintain a social life. So you can join a clique. You can... And the different cliques are the swarm, who only go places in large groups. The hot airs, whose favored pastime is floating in hot air balloons. And the crims, who are um, commonly those who pulled the most tricks when they were uglies and therefore have a criminal past. I want to know how this society does anything. Absolutely anything. If those are the cliques, there is no way they have are getting yeah. anything done later. Like, hot air yeah. balloons? Yeah. Hot that, air balloons? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That is so niche. It's like, okay, I get the large groups because, like, that, that reads to me like like any what are they called any sorority ever yes <laughs> where they're all wearing matching t-shirts and like you open the door welcome exactly and i get the crims because it's like oh we, we had a bad pass we're rough and tough but now we're airheads the hot air balloons <laughs> that is niche <laughs> There's no way there's enough people that interested in hot air balloons. So that's one of the top three. Right. I... I cannot... I... That's not a pop... That's not... I, I, we gotta move on, because... The words aren't there for me anymore. Alright, and that's that's kind of what we see from Tally in the first book. Is, like, her transformation from an ugly to a pretty... I also want to talk about specials, which not everyone gets to be a special. I have a feeling um, Tally gets to be a special. Oh, how did you figure that out? I don't know. It's like the third book of the series is called Specials or something. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. No, that's exactly what happens. Um, so uglies are watched over by what's called special circumstances to see if they have what it takes to become a special. Um, so, 
it is believed that the specials were created to stop humans from expanding into the wild or resisting the cities. And specials are des are described as being like a cruel sort of pretty. So they tend to have like really big black eyes and sharp cheekbones, you know, like really harsh kind of features. And the surgery that they undergo gives them the ability to like feel vibrations in their hands. They have and enhanced like senses of smell and sight and hearing and their muscles are sheathed with a self-repairing monofilament whatever that means um they're given like sharper teeth better reflexes their bones are made out of aircraft ceramics what that one's that one's just dumb what <laughs> i know they're essentially, like, not even human anymore. What was Scott like, doing? Like, was... I feel like he hit the point, but he also was a, a little all over the place. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, it's... I just read this, and I go through it, and I'm like, oh my god. Are you on the wiki? Yeah, I'm on the wiki. It's just insane. I guess I'll walk you through Tally Youngblood. Which, what a name. Tally Youngblood. I mean, I like that last name. I think it's cool. I I do like it. But ta Tally, to me, doesn't feel like a real first name. It feels like a nickname. Yeah, like Talia sounds like a real name. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just being too critical at this point because I think this is ridiculous. I mean, so, you read the series. Did you enjoy it when you read it? When I read it, yeah, because I was young and naive. Oh. <laughs> but honestly, it, it's a good time if you read it and you kind of make fun of it, too. I think. I mean, so I think just... most books have some aspect of, like, you can make fun of it. Yeah. I guess that's that's what's lovely about reading. I mean, I was reading a book, oh, a few books ago, and it introduced uh, a man, a male character who wasn't the prince, and I was like, mm -hmm. no, but I'm sure this girl's gonna get into a relationship with this. Please do anything to not be in a love triangle. And then he was gay. And I was yeah. like, hold on. This love triangle got hold more interesting. Up. But it wasn't a love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't a love triangle. But I was like, you know what? It could be more interesting this, if he's gay. This love triangle that I made up in my head. <laughs> that I was wishing wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So, a little, about, a little bit about Tally Youngblood. As an ugly, she has frizzy curly hair and squinty eyes, which is what her nickname is, Squint. She has uh, a squashed-in nose, thin lips, a wide forehead, and a patchy complexion. She also tells her best friend Shay that she likes the left side of her face more than her right. Which is symbolic, because that side is the one that Tally hates most, because her left eye is barely squintier than her right. Goodness. Oh, yeah. 
moving on as a pretty as a pretty um she has perfect teeth and i'm so sad that she got to be pretty i would have rather she found beauty in who she was i know anyway anyway she has perfect teeth (laughs) perfect teeth you know she's slim full lips beautiful eyes her frizzy hair becomes curly and shiny and her eyes are now silver whoa um the side effects that she experiences oh dear gosh side effects i didn't even think of side effects yeah oh my gosh so like the like the brain lesion part of it it makes her very shallow and when her brain is stimulated i know that that's messed up. Which it it says this is secretly performed during surgery. They don't even they're not even consenting to this having their brains. They're minors. Altered. They can't consent to anything. No. Messed up. Also, whose idea was this anyways? Who came up with all these surgeries? Who was attracted to children but wanted them to be prettier? That's the question. <laughs> Who like set that. it up so children needed to look more attractive gross i'm just asking the real questions over here you really are you really are uh yeah so when her brain is stimulated and adrenaline is released into her system like during a crisis she becomes bubbly and her mind sharpens her attitude swings around and resembles that of her ugly attitude in its rebellion Shut up. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I just need to... Her ugly attitude of rebellion. Shut up. <laughs> I know. And then we have Shay, who is Tally's on and off best friend. Oh, on and off. Um, yeah. So they meet Tally um, when she returns from visiting her friend Paris in New Pretty Town. Shay believes that Tally can keep the secret about the smoke... Which is, like, this group of people who are outside the city and are against, like, the operation. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, they're, you know, normal people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're the, the people that are correct. <laughs> yes. Uh. I'm guessing Tally cannot be trusted. Tally, uh, I think she she can. It actually doesn't say anything more about that. What? Yeah. Shay becomes a pretty. Tally follows, and once again. Oh, she also becomes cured of her specialness near the end of the third book. Interesting. Oh, and this also has a love triangle. What? Yeah. No. Oh, so I should also introduce Dr. Cable. Who is the head of special circumstances. 
and she is also like a like a cruel type of pretty with cruel free features and she's actually the one who turns tally into a special and like makes tally join her team of like special circumstances people I don't like any there's of these lot. power dynamics. I know. There's a lot. I mean, there's four books. Here's a question, just to, like, yeah. speed it up. Well, like... Is Tally a good person? Hello? Hi? Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. That was weird. My mom's trying to call me and I tried to hit end and I hit end and accept. Oh. Teehee. It's all good. Okay. Okay, but here's my question. Well, we... <laughs> like, yeah, is yeah. Tally a good person? Like, is she a protagonist for the plot of this book? Because it <sighs> seems like she's not quite because she's in on like the society and how it is right i would say she's a mix like you're rooting for her but at the same time you're like oh my god she's an idiot hmm that's interesting and for like, a main character yeah and like she's listed as the protagonist but and like ultimately by like by the end she she is one of the key characters in like freeing the society and stopping them from doing these kinds of operations and like helps discover a way to actually reverse like the brain lesions that like dumb people down and all that stuff so, like, in the end, she's the protagonist. She just has a lot to go through to get there. Hmm. I mean, I guess that can't yeah. be accurate. I mean, have you met a 16-year-old? <laughs> yeah. You think they wouldn't and do she's... some of the same things? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. I don't I don't I guess I can stop there cuz this is I have talked a lot about this, but I mean there's been a lot yeah. to cover. <laughs> there really is. It's like with even though there's only four books, there is a lot. Mm -hmm. I guess a really big question is why uh does it switch POVs for the fourth book? For the fourth book? Yeah. Because it's it's kind of like so like Tally frees she fixes everything, you know, in the third book. And the fourth book is about 
Um, I, I guess her name is Aya Fuse. And it's, it's just about, like, what life is like after... So it, it could have been like, an epilogue. Yes. So it's it's like in a time that's three years after Tally takes down like the pretty regime and like what is the world like after that? And it's a little bit like peaceful but also chaotic because they're trying to figure out Yeah, I mean the the whole way yeah. that they were in society just, you know, got kicked, so it's gonna take a little bit sometimes. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. But but it, but it sounds like it could have been an epilogue. Yeah. I don't even remember if I finished this book. I mean, it sounds like it could have been an epilogue. Yeah. <laughs> I think that speaks yeah. for itself. Yeah. Okay, that that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> On the uglies. Okay. Well, I read a trilogy by Scott Westerfeld as well. Except I read the Leviathan trilogy. This one was good. I swear, it was amazing. It's kind of like that middle grade, but also like a bit older than middle grade. Um, it's in that, like, kind of, like, grayish area, but it's, it's really, really good. Especially if you were one of the, I feel like this is fairly common to, like, kind of have, like, your World War One World War Two phase. Um, mm -hmm. so especially if you're one of those kids, like I was, this is awesome. <laughs> um, because it's World War One, which I think is, you know, it's the World War that everyone forgets about because there was no Holocaust thanks to Hitler. Um, which was not fun. But, like, it doesn't have that, like, memorable, like, aspect of it, of, like, you know, the genocide. Um, so, like, I feel like people often forget about, like, what, how did World War One even start kind of thing? Um, it's honestly really kind of boring. It's just a lot of people were a lot of, were angry at a lot of different people. <laughs> yeah. So, so then someone died and everyone was like, you know what? War. Um. War. Well, it's because of how allies... Um, we're done at the time, like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm allied with them, and they just went to war to someone, so I guess I'm going to war. <laughs> Woo! Um, but it, I really enjoyed it, because I was like, ooh. And also, 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 steampunk! How often yeah. do you get steampunk? So very rarely, I feel like. It's World War One, but it is steampunk, and that makes it awesome! Um, so I've kind of got, like, the very, very, uh, condensed version of the plot. Uh, Darren Sharp is just a girl who wants to fly again, like, uh, she did with her dad. But alas, this is World War One time, so no girls in the Air Force. Um, she pretends to be a boy. Um, Alec is a prince who will inherit nothing. He also cares about his people, but has to flee when his parents are killed and a war starts. And then he joins with Britain out of necessity more than loyalty, I have written. Um, but those are the characters. You've got Darren pretending to be a boy so she can join the Air Force and just, you know, be in the air again. And Alec, who is running from people literally trying to kill him. Got some different things going on here. Um, 
and they meet on the Leviathan, which is uh, the airship that Darren is on with the British Royal Air Force. Uh, so it's a sci-fi uh, steampunk retelling of World War One, which is fun. And I, I like it because it was a reminder of like, what were the sides in World War One, which were the Central Powers and the Allies? So the breakdown of the sides was done by dis- like by distinguishing uh, the Clankers versus the Darwinist. So the Clankers are the countries that depend on like machines and consider the creations of the Dar- Darwinist to be freaky. So like these are like kind of like the typical steampunk kind of what you'd envision, like you know the oil, the grease, you know the the machines, that kind of stuff. Um, this yeah. includes Germany, the Ottoman Empire, and Austria-Hungary which are the central powers. And then the Darwinist who, you know, uh, Darwin in this universe figured out DNA and how to rearrange slash combine it to create like some fun new creatures. Not everyone thinks they're fun. See the Clankers, for example. Um, But the people who are Darwinists would include countries like France, Britain, Russia, uh, Japan, you know, the allies. So we, I see the breakdown and I really, I really like that. but there are some differences which are really, really fun. So, like, some of the differences in the war include, like, America doesn't join in World War One at all. Because, at least in, in these books, America doesn't join in because the war ends after just a year. Mm. I was like, man, that... And so, also, like, this isn't World War One to them. This is actually the Great War. That's just what it is. And I don't know if they call it the Great War, either. Like... That's what World War One was originally called, the Great War. Because they didn't think there'd be another one, but we had another, so we, we changed the name. Um, but I thought that was really interesting, because that's not in the main books. That's actually in, like, a little side book, which is just, like, I think it's, like, the aeronautic, aeronautics guide or whatever. It's just, like, a fun little thing that was at the library, and I read really quickly while I was babysitting. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, you can add, like, the inside of the book art um it's like the treaty of this year and it's the year after like world war one started so it's it's it just ends after a year like maybe not even which i was like man that's that's a lot better than how it went in real life um (laughs) you've also got um the start of the war is the same though um which is the assassination of archduke franz ferdinand and his wife sophia they were both killed, which is the start of World War One in our reality and in the book reality. Um, I thought it was interesting. There's actually some other things that happened. So, just recently I was watching something on YouTube and figured out, like, this is an actual thing that happened. So, in the book, you learn about this event in Russia. You learn about it in the, uh, second book? No, maybe the th- second or third book. Um, and it's when our characters are flying to, like, Siberia, no, Siberia? Yeah, Siberia for something, because, like, they're they're dropping something off for the Russians, because the Russians are their allies in this war. Um, and there's, like, all these trees blown out, and, like, Nikola Tesla's there, and you're like, what's happening? Turns out, that's based off of a real-life event called the Tunguska event, which was, like, just this fun little thing where, like, uh, locals to the area were like, yeah, there was a light one day, and it appeared in the sky, and, like, it hit the earth, and, like, you could feel the vibrations. <laughs> um, like, this resulted in, like, uh, in, like, the area, the ring around where this, like, uh, 
I think they think it was like part of an asteroid where it like hit the earth. Um, like all the trees are like knocked flat or like their, their bark's gone or something like that. And like the closer you get, I think like just the bark, it's, it's really interesting that like there's just an area where a bunch of the trees got knocked down. And in this book, they're like, what the heck happened? And Tesla's over here like, it was me. It was not. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, it was just, I thought that was interesting. And then I learned like, oh, that's a real thing that actually happened. And I was like, oh, cool. Uh, Tesla's in this series. Um, normally I hear good things about Tesla, but this book bashed Tesla so hard. <laughs> Nothing, nothing. I mean, there were good things about Tesla, but it's also not a lot of good things about Tesla. Tesla ends up being, like, kind of, like, one of the main antagonists that, like, the characters can actually fight. Um, he, he claims to be responsible for the Tungaska event. He was not. Um, he's super eccentric and really smart and, like, charismatic. And, like, if you read the Wikipedia, which I glanced through, like, those things are corroborated with, like, other people who actually, like, talk to him and stuff like that. Um, but, like, when push came to shove, he was like, I'm a, I'm a, like, nuke, almost, like, nuke, uh, I think it was a country, like, or, or a city in Germany. He was like, so when, when push came to shove, he's like, I'm gonna have to murder a bunch of people. And the main characters weren't okay with that. So, Tesla died. <laughs> Which was not his oh. real death. Tesla died of old age or whatever in real life. Tesla did not die of old age. He was murdered by, like, a 12-year-old in this book. <laughs> uh, and then there's Alec, one of the main characters. Um, and I'm not... Darren didn't exist very clearly. Um, but I'm talking specifically about Alec because Alec is supposed to be the son of, Fran of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. So he's, you know... In theory, he would inherit, but he's not going to inherit because his mother was um, not of a proper rank in society. Um, but Alec didn't exist. Uh, like, the Archduke had other kids. Just, you know, in this book, all he has is one kid, and that kid's name is Alec. But that child never existed in real life. Um, so that's kind of like the World War One aspects of it. Um... I've got, there's actually an insta-love in this book. So the main characters are like 12 going on 13 in this book. But there was an insta-love. And the characters don't meet each other until like the very end of the first book as well. Mm, okay. But there was an insta-love. But once again as well, one of the characters is pretending to be a guy. And that, and, and Alec doesn't figure out that Darren is a girl until book three. <laughs> So Darren's the first one to fall. And, like, it's it's insta-love, like I said. And honestly, I was really like, mm, no thanks. Because, let's see, Alec doesn't have any feelings for her because at the time he believes her to be male. Um, and so I was really bothered by this because, like, she likes him from the first moment. Um, and there's this, there's a point in the second book as well, before Alec even knows that Darren's a girl, um, where he's like, where, uh, Darren's thinking to herself, she thinks, oh no, I can't tell him I'm a boy, or I'm a girl, because if I tell him that, then, you know, he'll return my feelings for him, and, but, like, he can't marry a commoner if he wants to be, a, like, an archduke. And I'm like, where are you getting your information that you know this boy would like you back? 
I mean, I know you're right. That's just <laughs> That's the way this so is going. But where are you going with it? Like, how do you know? You're like 13. So yeah, I was really annoyed. But in the third book, The Ends of Love has a hiccup. And I liked that hiccup because it made things better and it slowed things down. So in the third book, Alec finally, finally, my goodness, finally, <laughs> figures out Darren's a girl. Um, and he's mad at her. And they don't speak for a hot second. Like, oh, they don't speak for a hot second. And it's real sad. You're like, oh. And so this leads them to, like, you know, come back work on their on their friendship again which is really nice and like at some point alec kind of gets hurt he's got like a mild concussion at this point <laughs> and, and i think darren kisses him and is like you know what there's my feelings out in the open you know you deal with them when you want to deal with them but i feel satisfied with what i've done you're welcome i saved your life again <laughs> um and so alec you know the romance isn't really kind of like the main focus in any of the books, but it was like the fact that they knew they would like each other annoyed me. So in this book, the yeah. fact that like it's kind of like okay, we gotta figure out what the heck's happening with this war, please. Um, mm -hmm. Even though they're thirteen, um, <laughs> but they're like we gotta figure this out. So you know, uh, they slow it down. They they focus. They get their priorities straight, and then at the very end, they come back and. Uh, address a possible relationship but i liked that the romance was placed on the back burner and that like they had to yeah. come back to it i liked that yeah that's nice uh my final big thing about this book is there are pictures there are illustrations it is awesome my favorite picture is in the second book and i think it's the first picture you see and it is darren and alec practicing fencing and alec is like i can't wait to teach you fencing basically and darren is like i don't really want to be doing this Oh. <laughs> and it's my favorite picture because <laughs> she's just so defeated like man I have a slight crush on this boy I've just met and but alas I dress as a boy yeah <laughs> but I found it very funny but I, I really I really liked the illustrations I think it helps with picturing everything not only that but there's a point in one of the acknowledgements or I think it's in the aeronautics book the little extra book um, mm -hmm. where the author, like, Scott Westerfeld, is talking about, he's like, yeah, when I, like, when I had, like, someone illustrating the book and they were asking questions about things, I realized, oh, yeah, I actually have to, like, think about how things look so I can describe it to them in enough detail that they can actually draw it. And I was like, that's really funny. I like that, sir. <laughs> so, like, it's like, it's like when you think of something and then you're like, oh, wait, I actually have to do things now. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I found that very, very Very funny. relatable. Yeah. Overall, um, out of the two series, um, I think he released The Ugly earlier, so that may be why yeah. there's those things going on. I can kind of get behind the idea of almost like an unreliable narrator with Tally. Um, mm -hmm. But I can guarantee Leviathan is very good. Very good. Highly recommend. Uh, and I can say Uglies was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> it, you're getting very different things, like, with his dystopian, with the Uglies, compared to 
uh, steampunk retelling of World War One. Right. <laughs> it's very, very different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, it shows, like, it came across very different as well. Like, mm-hmm, you enjoyed the sure. uglies at the time, but looking back on it, you're like, eh. I was like, why? Meanwhile, me <laughs> here, I'm like, I like history. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I, I don't think the Ottoman Empire in this series ever really joins quite. I can't recall. Like, with... Germany and uh, Austria-Hungary. I don't think they ever really mm-hmm. quite joined together because there's like this whole revolution going on in the Ottoman Empire, which Alec and um, and Darren like helped to thwart essentially. So that way they put like better people in charge who won't join the war and side with, you know, the other with the Central Powers or uh, the Clankers. Yeah. Um. Also, in that book, that's book two, uh, Darren's first kiss is by a girl. It's really funny. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Because throughout this entire book, Darren clearly has feelings for Alec, but can't let it be known because Alec does not know Darren's a girl. And there's this point where there's this girl character, and I forget her name. Um, but Alec goes, oh, she likes you. And Darren's like, what the heck? No! And Alec's like, oh, she likes you. <laughs> and so at the end of the book, before this girl, like, goes off and it just does whatever she does, she's pretty awesome, she kisses Darren, and Alec goes, haha, told you so, and Darren's freaking out. You learn in book three because yeah. you see her again. The girl knew Darren was a girl and kissed her just for oh. funsies. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's funny. It's I love that. It's very it's lighthearted. It really is. Like once again, yeah. two 13-year-olds unfortunately caught in the war. Alec is a lot more serious than Darren, but if you consider a prince on the run compared to you know, daddy's girl who just wanted to fly again, you, you you get why they act the way they are with Alec being a lot more yeah. serious and Darren like uh, loosening him up essentially. It, they're pretty cute because yeah. when it comes down to it, there's a point where Darren gets hurt and Alec goes to help mm. her, but in order to get this medical help, um, the doctor finds out uh, Darren's a girl. Because she, she binds uh, yeah. herself, so that way it's less prominent, but she's 13. She's probably not that... <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but he's like, oh my gosh, it's a bomb! And he goes, well, no, actually, Darren's a girl. And this comes right after the fact of Darren goes, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to promise to lie that I'm a, a, a boy. And I'm like, boy didn't even try and hold on to that promise. No. <laughs> he straight didn't up said, just a girl, that's all. Oh my word. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alec gives up, like, there's actually a point where Alec learns, like, he could, like, inherit um, his father's title and stuff like that, and he mm-hmm. lets go of that so he can be with Darren. Whoa. That's sweet. I know. They go and work for the, like, the British Zoo with, um, Darwin's granddaughter. 
She's pretty fun. She's pretty fun. What a nice touch. <laughs> well, there's also uh, Count Volger, who is um one of he's a Alex Benching teacher, and I'm pretty sure um. Uh, Darwin's granddaughter, who is like a full-grown woman. Okay, I'm pretty sure her and Volger have a little bit of a thing going on, but it's funny because like. <laughs> They don't like each other at first. It's funny because Volga doesn't like anyone, actually. Yeah. So it's like, ooh, you're chill with this one. Okay, okay. I see, I see. <laughs> okay. I'll s- I see. <laughs> but yeah. That, that's what we know about Scott Westerfeld. You know, one yeah. author, you've got two very different series. Yes. What in what interesting experiences? I know. <laughs> Very different experiences. You enjoying it at first, looking back on it, and being like, um, yeah. what was I thinking? Meanwhile, I'm over here. I like the books. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was recommended to me by that book quiz thing we took, so. Hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was right. I did enjoy it very much. I mean, it's mostly history. Which is yeah. fun. And two, like, preteens going on adventures. With romance, like, really on the back burner. Because, once again, preteens. I like when romance is at the acceptable amount for their age group. Yes. I just, I like that. I like that this had a whole bunch of, like, different history stuff stuffed into it. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was fun. Yeah. At least I can reflect on my yeah. experience. Well, I mean, Scott, Mr. Westerfield clearly had a goal in mind with that series. He really did. <laughs> and he went hard. He really did. He committed. I mean, he he did what he did. <laughs> yes, but that, he and he was... also wrote the Leviathan trilogy. So yeah, and he definitely improved over time because, or I guess, I I don't know if I should say improved over time, but I liked his more recent book that I read. Mm-hmm. I liked Afterworlds, so... I think The Uglies was one of his first series. It looks like The Uglies and Pretties came out in 2005. Leviathan came out in 2009. Oh, Specials. Yeah, The Uglies seems to have been his first series. I think uh, Leviathan series was next. Okay. Or no, not quite, but like... Yeah. I mean, he had an idea. He worked with it. It got him, like, experience. It got him... You know? Yeah. Made him realize what he wanted to write about. I would think. Hopefully what he wanted to write about was Darren and Alec, because I thoroughly enjoyed them. (laughs) (laughs) It was also, like, dual POV, so you saw both of their POVs. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
that's what we have in the Westerfeld man. Yeah, I was going to say, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. Check out the Instagram. That's where I posted my review of the Leviathan trilogy, actually. And I did quite enjoy yeah. it, and I would really recommend it. It's quite lighthearted. But, but as, as for now, now we, we gotta, gotta book it. it. <laughs>